0: To Totalus Rankion. This week, James Polk Part 1. Ho, ho, and welcome to American Presidents Totalis Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the presidents from Washington to Trump. And it's our Christmas special
1: episode, an American one this year.
0: Yay! Yay!
1: It's Christmas. exciting. Yeah. If you don't listen to our Roman series and you only listen to this, you won't understand. We have a tradition. We make our Christmas episodes extra Christmassy. Yep. Yeah. All you need to do is imagine James Polk with a Christmas hat on throughout the whole episode. Sorted. Including the birth scene. It's an awkward birth. (laughs) Yes. Quite a few questions, but it was fine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If you're listening to this in the future and it's not Christmas, take the hat off. It's that simple. Mm. And it's James Spock
0: today, episode 11.1, if you're keeping track. Yeah. I made a few predictions about this, didn't I, before we started recording? You did. Do you want to say them again for the benefit of the listener? I said he's a Republican, but then you smiled, so he's probably not, but I'm going to say he definitely (laughs) was. Um, He very much admired Martin Van Buren. Right, okay. And, and he had, like, massive facial hair, I'm going to say. A massive moustache. Big Victorian-style moustache. Okay, so that's three predictions. Three predictions. Loved Van Buren. Yeah.
1: Democrat. Republican, I said. Republican. And he had a massive moustache. Yes. We'll see how he does. No, okay. how you do. We'll see how he does as well. Right, okay. Are you ready to start? Um, yeah. Because this week, we are opening on a chandelier. Picturing that chandelier now—quite a grand one. It's quite grand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can hear some music floating up, sort of softly hitting oh, the haunt, chandelier. Haunting music. So no, it's no like just, just no, nice music. Just nice music. Okay, have yeah, okay. gone for the wrong kind of scene here. Ah, oh, damn There's it! Lightly lit room. Blood stains on the. No, 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 no. We've okay. gone. You've gone the wrong direction right. completely. <laughs> Think more period drama, less horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay got it <laughs> the writing in the bottom left-hand corner well, i should really learn what one of those things are they probably have a name don't they Oh, it's like a it's not a ticker is it it's uh no it's like a Identic
0: no not ident. Know. Write to us on a postcard let us know what the little bit of writing in the bottom left-hand corner of films is called yeah totalus, yeah. Rankium. totalus rankium city yeah totalus rankium drive Number four to tell us ranking. Yeah. We can't get number one. No. It's taken. Anyway. <laughs> Three of the damn podcast beat us to it. <laughs> yes.
1: Anyway, we're still on that chandelier. We should probably start panning down, shouldn't we? So, pan down to a room full of men and women socialising.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. The day's official politics are over. Oh, no, I didn't tell you what the writing was. Sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah I was oh, is on a knife edge awful. There.
1: Sorry, the writing that we were discussing says, Democratic National Convention, 1844,
0: day three. 1844. Yeah. Oh, so it's after John Tyler won. Well, we're, we're in John Tyler's oh, presidency yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Last year, wasn't it? Okay. In media res here. Okay, yeah, sorry. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah,
1: right, okay. <laughs> So, day three of the National Convention. We're still panning down. Yeah. It's a tall room. So, we we pan down. There's people socialising. The official politics of the day is over. But it's time for the equally important politics of the evening. Brandy and cigar smoking. Exactly. The correct whisper here. The right nudge there. Van Buren style. Oh, yeah. It's all going off. Now, pan slightly to one side and then cut to a, a slightly dark side room. A group of very serious men are leaning and sitting around, all smoking heavily. We're mid-conversation. Everyone's talking about the deadlock in the convention. One man with glorious sideburns. Ooh. Because he's got to have good sideburns. Yeah, yeah, He says something along the lines of, it's it's clear, no man can win this. But then one of the men in the room turns to another and says, Cave? Yes, that's right, his name's Cave, and that's oh. a real person. We'll come across him later. Brilliant. Cave, you've been awfully quiet. What does Tennessee say? And then close-up of Cave Johnson. That's his full name. His first name's Cave. First name's Cave. That's
0: amazing! Cave Johnson. Oh, yeah. John Cave would be amazing, but Cave Johnson, that's oh, fantastic. a good name, isn't it? Fantastic so, name. right,
1: real close-up of John Cave. Yeah. Not John
0: Cave. <laughs> Cave Johnson. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a name like that, he's going to be a bit chiseled, isn't he? Steely eyes. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. glacial eyes, very very, yeah. very pale. He leans forward slightly, slight smile on his face like he usually gets, just does cave. He speaks quietly, everyone has to lean in. Well, we were thinking of James Polk. Polk, says another man, but the man's an absolute cut to black. <laughs> and then the words James Polk comes on the screen. And then we've got to start to this week's episode. What a convention was this? Uh, the Democratic Convention. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> so that's prediction number one. <laughs> Down the bloody unless, pan. Unless he's gate crashing.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. So there you go. That's uh, that's how we're starting. We nice. had a couple of quite explosive starts the last couple of episodes. Mm. Last week, literally. So mm. uh, I thought lower key this time. Okay. And also it says something about James Polk's early life. Yeah. That that's possibly the most exciting thing that happens to him. Oh good lord. Someone talks about him when he's not there. Oh no. <laughs> I promise you there is at least one thing that you'll enjoy here. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. Was that it? No, no, no. Okay. No, no. Is it the massive mustache? It's we'll get to that whether it's there or not. Okay. At the end of next episode. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, the Polks. Let's go back in time to the start here. They moved to the New World in the 1720s. We think they landed in Maryland, but ended up in North Carolina. We're going to start with Polk's grandfather, though. His name was the impressively named Ezekiel Polk. Nice. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? He was married, and he was raising his children and looking after his farm when the war against Britain for independence broke out. Yay. Ezekiel signed up and was made captain in the militia, and then at some point promoted to colonel towards the end of the war. So he does all right. Mm. He held this post for a while, but then gives up his command and moved back to his farm. By then, the British had turned up, and rather than see his home go to rack and ruin, he reluctantly cooperated (laughs) with the Redcoats. Fine, you can have my crops. If you don't burn down my house, you're going to take it anyway, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. After the war... Ezekiel becomes a surveyor in Tennessee, and then the sheriff of Mackelberg. Oh, Mackelberg. They're they're really famous. Are they? Yeah. (laughs) You're just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you'd be more excited that he was a sheriff, to be honest. Oh,
0: yeah! Yeah. Yeah, he gets his sheriff. It's like Wild Westy time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cut out the episode slightly. Seen the new Deadwood film. Yes, it's very exciting, isn't (gasps) it? Yeah. Pictures and photographs and everything. Oh it's really? Is it, it yeah. is it real now, is it? It's real. All the original oh. actors are there. Oh, I need um, to rewatch the series. When's it coming out? Oh I dunno. Probably this next year at some point. Sorry, had to cut out uh sheriff. Sheriff, yeah, that's why we were talking about it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he puts his badge on. He's now the
1: sheriff. Nice. Um but from that he's settled on his farm with his family and a few slaves. Because hmm. they're down in the south. He became a devoted follower of Jefferson and his vision for the new republic. And much to the family's discomfort, he was also openly deist. Okay. And uh, some some even said atheist. (gasps) Yeah, he wasn't down with the whole God business, which most people were back then. Mm. Anyway, it's not long before Ezekiel's son Samuel was old enough to get married, and he had just met the right woman, which is handy. This is (laughs) (laughs) a woman named James Knox. What? What? Jane Knox. Sorry, I misread my notes there. (laughs) Uh, anyway, together they lived on the farm with Ezekiel and near Jane's father. So it's a local farm she came from. Together they'd have ten children eventually.
0: Ten. Ten. My goodness.
1: Yeah. Uh, but the first and the eldest boy was James Polk. So that's the family we've got here.
0: Hmm.
1: He was born in 1795 during Washington's presidency. Okay. So we're finally getting people born in other people's presidencies now. Yeah. Yeah. So they've always known a presidency. They've always known a government like this. Exactly. He was either born at the Polk family farm or in Jane Knox's family farm. Okay. Sources differ. According to the source that claims he was born on the Knox farm, Jane had a difficult birth. And little James was born with such a large head that they feared dropsy of the brain. And there was talk that the boy was clearly an idiot. (laughs) Which is a shame.
0: (laughs) Proposy.
1: Yeah, we we've Talks talked about, about this yeah, quite was. a bit in the Roman uh, swelling. Oh, yeah, water retention.
0: Oh, of the brain?
1: Yeah. You Ooh, don't want that. No, that's a no. brain-damaged city. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, according to this source, which is um, a 13-year-old who was present relating the story 50 years later. Oh, okay. so it's not the most reliable thing in the world. Uh, he was later inspected by a local woman who declared that James was all very well and good. So good, in fact, he would one day
0: become president. Oh, sounds like a... Roman episode isn't it yeah it really does this black snake crawled across the crib (laughs) an apple fell from the tree and was split exactly in two by an eagle that happened to be perched underneath he was born with a giant head
1: (laughs) yeah I mean this story is most likely not true most historians side with the idea he was born on the Polk family farm but that has no interesting story about a
0: ridiculous prophecy, so I went with no. the more interesting one. Fair enough. As all history should be done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And do you think even back then, like, it's Washington's presidency, I, I, I get the impression most regular people, farmers, workers, wouldn't really care much about the president. They're just sort of like, it's just a person. Yeah. They may not see the importance of it or given a, given a, a crap to be quite crass.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to say that this definitely didn't happen, but someone said it did. So it did. So it did. So yeah. History. <laughs> anyway, he's born. We do know that. That is a, an historical fact. And straight away, James was at the centre of some controversy or some controversy, depending. Both ways. Depending, of course, on the pronunciation or pronunciation.
0: <laughs> that's definitely pronunciation. <laughs> it's an English word, damn
1: it. <laughs> anyway, uh, this controversy. Oh, that's how I say it naturally. Clearly, was that Jane Knox? So James's mother, yeah. was the great-great-grandniece of the famous John Knox, uh, leader of the Scottish Reformation in the 1500s. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> you know him well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Which is just an interesting fact, this has got nothing to do with anything, I just thought it was interesting. The, the actual controversy was, like most people, Jane went to church regularly, and she was therefore very happy that Sam... Her husband, Polk's father, had agreed for their son to be baptised, with the family name James. Hmm. The reason for the tension is that Ezekiel and the pastor had had a falling out a couple of years earlier. Ezekiel's second wife had borne a stillborn son, and Ezekiel was disgusted that the pastor refused to declare that the son would be admitted to heaven. The two men fell out, and Ezekiel then did his best to convert those in the area, to Deism, uh, yeah, that didn't go down too well with the pastor. No,
0: no, yeah, just standing
1: outside the church. Have you considered not believing? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so there are other options. Yeah, Ezekiel's attempt to convert people wasn't particularly successful, and when it came to James's baptism, more tensions rose. Despite the problems between the families, the pastor agreed to perform services. That's of course, good. of course, I will. I'm a man of the cloth. Hmm. But then he announced, obviously, the parents must publicly affirm the Presbyterian faith. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. If you want your child baptised in this church. Sam, already unhappy with this, uh, balked at this. No, I was willing to come to the church and see little James baptised, but I'm not standing up and declaring
0: against my father's beliefs.
1: Yeah. So Sam left, and James remained unbaptized
0: until right at the end of his life. Well, cause at the beginning it's a christening, isn't it? Baptism is more of a choice. When you're an adult or old enough to...
1: Well, as we've seen in our Roman series, no. uh, traditionally, baptisms happened at the end of their life. It was only yeah. over time they moved to the start of people's lives. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, yeah, good point. Constantine the Great himself, baptised right at the end. Mm. Sensible when you get all your sins forgiven.
0: <laughs> it's the way to do it. He died with a smile on his face. <laughs> yeah. Heaven for me. <laughs> Lovely, warm heaven. Oh, no, that's... Ha- <laughs>
1: Too warm. Anyway, it soon became clear that James was a sickly child, unfortunately. He didn't have a massive head anymore, but he (laughs) was quite sickly. And he was regularly too ill to carry out any of the chores that would be expected of a young child. When well enough, he would attend the local school. Barefooted running down the lane, apparently, is one little detail we have of this time. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, with his siblings, they'd run off to school together. But that is about all we know of his childhood up until 1803. Then Ezekiel declared that he was moving west. After all, he had surveyed Tennessee often enough as part of his job. Uh, and he said, this is where our family fortune lies. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys, let's go west. And they all sang the song. Going out west, west
0: some the shore. That
1: one. Yeah, why not? Jane and Sam, however, were cautious. Okay. Uh, they were worried their nine-year-old James was too sickly for the move. Mm. I
0: genuinely feared this could kill them off. <laughs> He's an absolute wimp. There's <laughs> no way he can travel west.
1: Yeah, pretty much. However, after three years, Ezekiel had established himself in Tennessee, and James and Sam eventually decided they could risk the move. Hmm. It took them five weeks to travel the 500 miles to Duck River Valley. Oh, 100 miles a week. Yeah. Slow progress. Twenty miles a day. Yeah, which is just under twenty miles a day. Yeah, it's it's, it's slow. It's that's really But no roads, no infrastructure. That's true. You just had to pull your wagon over a fallen tree. Yeah, push it into a river and float down. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you did. Well, not easy. The journey did no good for James's health whatsoever, but mm. he did survive. Oh. So he, he made it live, but it, things weren't looking great.
0: Well, he's already present, I should sure hope so. <laughs> <in surprise. laughs>
1: anyway, once in Tennessee, Sam started up his farm and started surveying. On occasions, he would take his eldest son with him while surveying, perhaps hoping the journey would do his son some good. Some good bracing fresh air, that's all you need, son. <laughs> as he was wheezing. I'll <laughs> <laughs> Get a long full of that air. Yeah. <laughs> sure you feel good to be alive. Big slap on the back. <coughs> James just falls over. Yeah. Looking blue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes these journeys took weeks, and it really mm-hmm. did not help the boy, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, his, his education was starting to suffer. He couldn't attend the school. He was too ill. He couldn't really get anything done. For the next three years, he seemed to be gradually declining. His parents started to fear the worst. Things looked bad. Sam had managed to gain a job for young James in a general store, hoping indoor work, no heavy lifting. (laughs) This is the way
0: forward. Yeah. Yeah. But no, the job did not last. He was too too sickly for that. What we have to do is put these very small sandals, very light sandals, on the bottom shelf, and then moving from this shelf to the other bottom shelf over there. (laughs) Coughing over the sandals. Get out. Poor Polk.
1: I know. He's having a tough time of it, isn't he? Hmm. But what James really wanted more than anything else was a formal education. He wanted to learn what all the fuss was about. People kept talking about Romans all the bloody time.
0: And high-fiving.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I want to know, who is Cicero? Damn it. Uh, but no, it was not to be. I mean, it would just be a drain of resources. The harsh reality was his family couldn't afford to invest in his future with formal education. He's probably going to die. Yeah, it's it's cold and brutal, but... Mm. it makes sense. In that day and age, and on the frontier, you had to be a bit cold and brutal. Bright side is, though, Sam, doing very well for himself. His surveying had led to a real estate business, and he was becoming well-respected in the frontier community. Hmm. He and the other polks were dominating the politics in the new town of Columbia, and he was also making connections that would prove life-saving. Ooh. He was able to get in contact with the very best doctors in the state. James was eventually diagnosed... With urinary stones.
0: Like, stones in your bladder? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, is there one way to pass them? No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> what way are
1: you thinking? Wean them out. Yeah. That's more than one way to get rid of them. Oh, bad operation way. Let's see, shall we? In 1812, it was decided that they needed to take him to one of the most prestigious surgeons in the country,
0: Dr. Physic. Oh that sounds like a like an evil guy from a <laughs> comic really book, doesn't does. it? I am Doctor Physic. Doctor
1: Biotic and Doctor <clears throat> Chemic. Were... <laughs> 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 they they rented rooms with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Physic is known as the father of American surgery, apparently. I cut you open. <laughs> He'd
0: say. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Yeah, he knew how to get inside a person. And back out again with little harm. So, yeah, that was pretty good. Mm. However, the journey was long and painful. 800 miles. Oh, that's think in eight weeks. Well, yeah, and things get really bad. Polk and his uncle go off together. And it's really not long into this journey before Polk's uncle realises that the 17-year-old James was not going to make this journey. He's in yeah. too much pain. Near Lexington, Kentucky, he suffered from an attack of pain worse than he'd ever suffered. Mm. This is looking bad. The uncle decides to stop. We can't do this. This will kill the poor lad. However, nearby, instead of Dr. Physic, there happened to be another well-known surgeon, Dr. McDowell. And uh, maybe not the father of American surgery, but... I don't know, at least a great-uncle or something. (laughs) Twice removed. Yeah, pretty good. So, they headed to McDowell's, who was well-equipped to deal with the situation when the young man suddenly appeared on his doorstep. Oh, hello. (laughs) Hello. Knocks on the door, he just answers. Massive gloves up to his elbows. (laughs) Blood (laughs) stains. A saw on a turkey baser. And a welding mask. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) This is the World in Mask.
0: Oh, hi! Hi!
1: So you're in the middle of something, just cooking dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Come on in. Yeah. Warning here. Yeah. This this is going to get a little bit gruesome. Oh, good. You may wince as much as you did in the Roman episode where I told you how eunuchs were created. Oh, with the crushing. With the crushing. Probably won't wince quite that much, but it's not good. So if you're a bit squeamish... That's crushing the old legs. Just skip ahead slightly. Right, okay.
0: Oh, it's not like peeling a banana, is it? Oh,
1: God. (laughs) (laughs) McDowell realised that operating was the only option here. Things had got serious. It needed to be done immediately. Obviously, James was given the best anaesthetic available at the time. (laughs) So, none? Brandy. Brandy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Plenty of brandy. Excellent. Yeah, and probably not even good brandy. Oh, it wouldn't be, would it? No, it'd be really paint-stripping, kind of. Fine alcohol, yeah. Yeah. It'd do the job, though. I mean, it's better than nothing, certainly. Mm. But you get really rowdy though, wouldn't you? <laughs> Especially <laughs> a- <laughs> pinning you down to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after chugging a whole bookload of uh, brandy, yeah. he was held firmly onto a table and his legs were pinned in the air. What? Yeah. You got that image? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. McDowell then selected a sharp knife and made an incision
0: in James's perennium. That's the bit behind the old test... Behind the chaps.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that area. Yeah. The gooch, I think it's called. <laughs> yes. Where the gusset makes contact in your pants. <laughs> yeah. Scalpel to that. Mm. Yeah. Another sip of brandy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's just
1: for the surgeon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he then would have uh, kept cutting away through, and I quote here, the prostate into the bladder with a gorget. A pointed, sharp instrument designed for this purpose. Uh-huh. So a sort of pointy, sharp thing, just to like really get in there. Uh-huh. Imagine one of those instruments you use to make holes in your belt. Oh. <laughs> I imagine a bit like that. What are they called? I don't know. <laughs> sharp, anyway. Cuts through several layers until he gets into the bladder. He then got a round scoop and sort of fished around a bit until he found the stones. Then just a quick... (quick) Out the stones come, sew up the area, job's a good'em. Quick brandy to celebrate. (laughs) Obviously, the Doctor's doing this as quickly as possible.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, James, obviously, would have been either screaming uncontrollably Mm. or just chugging more brandy until he passed out. Mm. I know what I'd be doing. Yeah. (laughs) both yeah
0: yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. nasty stuff
0: of course infection was high then as well well yeah no antiseptics
1: really no anaesthetic um, this has led many historians to conclude that this left James unable to have children the, just generally the damage down there would have been quite extensive mm. yeah not
0: great and then he's got the horrible bumpy <laughs> carriage ride back as well <laughs> <laughs> across 400 miles <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, several weeks of very painful recovery, as you can imagine. Just imagine going to the toilet after that. Oh,
0: either one as well.
1: Oh, oh, oh. As if you might oh. blow your door. Oh, nasty.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So, shall we have a quick montage? We've not had one of those yet this episode. Recovery montage time. Just him in bed for a <laughs> Yeah. Just the sun going up and down in the background. <laughs> Occasionally cut to him, like, sitting on the toilet, just sweating. (laughs) Weeping slightly. (laughs) Yeah. But after several weeks, much to everyone's relief, James seemed to get better. Not just, like, recover from the surgery, but better than he'd ever been. This surgery seemed to sort whatever it was out brilliant yeah his self-esteem apparently increased because no one now could claim he was just that weakling polk boy because Mm. everyone knew what he'd just gone through in that surgery that's that's a level of respect right there yeah you you can't take several sharp implements and a scoop to a man's (laughs) (laughs) region and then call him a wimp afterwards no no it's against the rules so there you go Uh, With his health more secure, he was then sent off to school, which is just what he wanted to do. It's looking good, let's invest in his education. Mm. And he starts to excel. He learnt literature, logic, Latin, and other things beginning with L. He also learnt Greek philosophy and geography. Ooh. Yeah, so lots of fun stuff. He did so well, in fact, he was considered, and I quote here, the most promising young man in the school. Mm. yeah. His father was still going from strength to strength. He'd got involved in uh, the creation of a store, uh, mail delivery contracts, a steamboat enterprise. I mean, yeah, things are going well for him. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, He also owned a fair amount of land and became the director of Columbia's First Bank. No, cool. Yeah, so, I mean, Sam Polk is one of the men to be. Yeah. With this fortune growing, he was able to send his reinvigorated son to the University of North Carolina. Cool. Again, Polk does very well here. He joined the debating society, which was fun, where he was able to channel his grandfather and his father's beliefs and railed against Alexander Hamilton's federalist vision for the country and supported the whole Jefferson's vision of the republic. Okay. We're quite moved from that, so... Yeah, they're, yeah. But they're sort of debating using their father's arguments, <laughs> pretty much, at yeah. this stage. Anyway... um Then we see Polk following a a very familiar path here. Because once finishing top in his class, he joined a law firm. And he studied until he could pass the bar. As we've seen, this is fairly typical for presidents to be. He joined one of the state's most prominent lawyers, a man named Felix Grundy, Hmm. which is nice. However, after doing this for a year, Felix then secured the young man a job working as a clerk for the state senate. He enjoyed this work quite a lot but still had time to work on passing the bar, which he did another year later in 1820. Another lawyer. Yeah, so from strength to strength. His timing is perfect here. The economy, if you remember, had taken a major hit in 1819. It's not as big as the 1837 panic, but it's still one of the big ones. People defaulting on payments, getting into arguments, and generally struggling to live is perfect for a lawyer. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Wonderful. At least the money's going to go somewhere. Yes, exactly. Polk did very well for himself, out of everyone's misery, as many lawyers did in this age. And still do. <laughs> yes. However, despite this, uh, being a lawyer wasn't really where Polk's heart lay. Still clerking for the State Senate... He had caught the politics bug, and it was there his heart lay. He started looking for a way to get into the state senate properly—not clerking, but become a state senator. Yeah. He also joined the Masons at this point. He made some connections there. He joined the militia, Ooh. and um, do you want to hear his grand, amazing military career?
0: Paul's military <laughs> yes,
1: I'll use that. Um, <laughs> right, you ready? Here we go. Here we go. He joined the militia as a captain. He was immediately promoted to colonel.
0: That's it.
1: Oh, brilliant. There we go. I mean, he doesn't do anything. No. He just got the rank. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Bad him there. He didn't even fall down a flight of stairs No. and badly trained some people. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, all this, on top of the fact that he was Sam and Jane Polk's son, was enough. Yeah. The next spot open on the state senate went to him. Yeah. After a very successful campaign. Where he convinced a lot of people he was the right man for the job. It was either that or the whiskey he gave away. Um, we're not sure. It's, it's hard to tell. It's really isn't it? hard to tell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd have voted for him. Why don't they do that anymore? I mean, seriously, I have some deeply held political beliefs. <laughs> they would waver if three bottles of whiskey were being handed out. I'm not going to lie. Anyway, during this time, James seemed to attract a few female admirers. Oh, oh yes. I've heard you've been violated when you were younger.
0: <laughs> oh, what a guy!
1: Yeah, uh, nothing's clear. There was someone called Catherine, apparently, who was quite interested. However, he met a young woman named Sarah Childress. In fact, they'd probably met years earlier, as she was the younger sister of one of his classmates back in 1814. But she'd only been 11, and he was 19 at that point. So presumably, he didn't think twice about her until they met years later. Hopefully not. Let's say that. (laughs) But when they did meet years later, it was probably a case of, oh, you're Sarah.
0: Oh. oh, you've grown up. <laughs> yes. My God, you've... Oh. How, you, how you've grown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish everything worked down there.
1: <laughs> well, when Sarah's father died and she moved back from school to stay with her mother at age 18, uh, she caught James's eye and he sought to court her. Yeah. Quite successfully, because the two were married in 1824 oh. on New Year's Day. Oh, imagine the hangover. I mean, seriously, who would do that? You'd, you'd be so hungover, really oh, You're getting married? Congratulations, of course I come to the wedding.
0: <laughs> New Year's Day, you say? Oh. Right, OK. No, you'd agree to go, wouldn't you, <laughs> knowing full well? I mean, you've got to,
1: but it's fine because you decide, it's fine, I just won't drink much. I won't drink much, it'll <laughs> yeah. be fine.
0: It'll be OK. So then he gets to the point where I'll just keep drinking <laughs> Yes. throughout the night, <laughs> but then by 6am you're passed out. That's why in the church it
1: wasn't are you a family member of the bride or the groom to decide which side of the church they mm. just had
0: still drunk or hungover sides, <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> the party side and the, and the very quiet side, <laughs> yes. One side with the <laughs> curtains pulled, you know, yes. pulled bacon sandwiches out. If anyone here knows of any reason why these two
1: should not be married, let their presence be known. There's just several groans uh-huh. and a whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I imagine that was an interesting wedding, yeah, it would be. I can only assume they didn't celebrate New Year's Eve as much back then, oh, they would you know they would have oh, yeah, they did it was ju was just a horrendous wedding, let's just say that they were given a wedding present. this is nice, oh, yeah, it was a boy, oh, yeah, named Elias, that's nice, isn't yeah. it, Elias or Elias. Oh, maybe it's Elias, yeah. It's E-L-I-A-S. Oh, uh, you see, I, I taught a boy with that spelling of name, and it was pronounced Elias, so I always... Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll, we'll yeah. go, we'll... Well, well no, no, through. it
1: might be Elias. That sounds that sounds more American anyway, so... Elias! Yeah, it's just one of those nice things that are thrown in, just to remind you how hideous the slave trade is. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a wedding. Oh, they're literally... Oh, I thought you meant they had children.
0: No. Actually given a human being as a present. Yeah, no, sorry, did you not understand No, that? that's horrible. Yeah, that's horrible. I wouldn't have joked so much. <laughs> Meanwhile, let, let, let's pan
1: away from the wedding where everyone's hungover, throwing up, and uh, being giving it other <laughs> yeah, human beings away as presents. Let's go over to Florida, because yeah. the governor of Florida has just decided to go home, and of course I'm talking about none other than Andrew Jackson. Oh, oh yes. So... Uh, we panned over to Florida, but now we've got to go back to Tennessee because, uh, oh. yeah, that's what Jackson did. Now, Jackson knew the Childress family. Apparently, Sarah referred to him as Uncle Andrew. That's nice, isn't oh, it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Scary Uncle Andrew. <laughs> Them is there like, with his pistols. Yeah. Uh. yeah, the Polks also would become prominent enough in the state to consider Andrew Jackson a friend, also. I mean, okay. they're connected enough. As we saw in Jackson's episode, while he was building up support for him to become president, it became clear he needed to get an an anti-Jackson Tennessee senator out of the Senate. Yeah. And uh, the best person to do that was Jackson himself. So Jackson puts his name forward for the, the National Senate. Polk was happy enough to vote for him. Nice. Which is nice. So Jackson wins 35 to 23. Polk's vote, hardly decisive here. But Jackson did notice. The young Polk boy voted for me. So, yeah. when Jackson was writing Polk's name down later that day, it went
0: on the nice list, not the naughty list, that he kept. So Jackson and Van Buren did get on, did they? <laughs> this is the second of my...
1: <laughs> yes, um, we, we're going to see. Your prediction was that they did get on, yeah? Huge admirer? admirer
0: of Van Buren, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, as you can imagine, moving away from Van Buren. When Jackson won the popular vote for the election of 1824, Polk was very happy. Yes, Jackson's going to become president. He was therefore outraged, as outraged as any, when the corrupt bargain between John Quincy Adams and Henry Clay occurred. Mm. Jackson was denied the presidency due to these corrupt politicians. Yeah. Polk's so infuriated, in fact, he decided something needed to be done to help Jackson. And the best place to do that was Washington. Hmm. So he was going to run for the House. When he received word that old Hickory himself was endorsing his running, the election pretty much became a sure thing. There were lots of debates over things such as state or national infrastructure improvements, etc, etc, but essentially Polk was now known to be Jackson's man, so his support swelled. Hmm. And he won that election. About to turn 30, and he sworn into the House. As you can imagine, the House were all talking about the corrupt bargain. Hmm. And... The Adams Clay faction declared that it was far safer for elected officials to choose a sensible president rather than allow the masses to elect who knows what idiot or populist. (laughs) I mean, they might just elect in some kind of populist war hero who doesn't really know how to read or write properly or something. They didn't want that. Polk was disgusted. The Republic meant that the people should have the final say on who led them. It was quite simple in Polk's mind. Whoever got the most votes should be in charge, and his first speech to Congress was a call to get rid of the Electoral College." What a guy. Yeah. Um, as you know, didn't work. No. 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 <laughs> anyway, Polk very depressed in Washington. He found a political class that seemed fairly indifferent to the ideals of the Republic, uh, a Congress that stacked things in favour of the Adams administration. Right. So he spent most of his time just opposing the president and working on behalf of Jackson. Now, despite the endorsement from Jackson, he was hardly in the inner circle here. Yeah. Yeah. And he wanted to be in the inner circle. It's where it was all happening. And he wanted to be in that room. I'm a bit like that. I, like to, I just like to know things and know yeah, what's going on. Yeah, exactly. So when Jackson decided to create a Washington newspaper, because it's always good to have good press... Uh, Polk saw his chance and put some of his own money into the enterprise along with the current vice president and Adams, Calhoun. Yay! Yeah. In fact, after being re-elected to the house in 1827, so he's been there for a year now, he's been re-elected, Sarah moves to Washington to be with her husband. Looks like he's going to be there for a while. So his wife comes along. Hmm. They need to move to a bigger place. They move into a boarding house with a number of other important people. Yes, that's right. He's now living with none other than the Vice President, no. Calhoun. Oh my goodness! Yes, that
0: is a sitcom waiting to happen. <laughs> it really is. Ah, oh, it's like the um, uh, space. We get the artist downstairs. Yeah, that's Calhoun. <laughs> Just hear the occasional sob and scream from upstairs. <laughs> a weird, like chainsaw type sound. Yes. <laughs> Smash of ours. A, a screech of a rabbit. Just the shadow of a body falling past you window <laughs> <and> a <thump>. <laughs> <laughs> Then <laughs> silent for weeks on time. Even though <laughs> yes. you, know, you know he hasn't left. <laughs> yes. Then he screams that <laughs> again. While residents of this
1: boarding house would often spend time in each other's company and talk of the downfall of Adams and clay, it's around this time that Polk became an unofficial researcher. The next presidential election was hotting up. This is the nasty one between John Quincy Adams and Jackson. Yeah. Where Rachel Jackson ends up dying. Mm. And Jackson blames it on, on his opponents. Yeah, they didn't treat it very well, though, did they? Yeah, it wasn't great. Things got nasty. Well, Polk was working during this election on refuting stories that were appearing in the anti-Jacksonian papers. Fake news. Well, th- they claimed that he had beaten people with his cane. Well, that's not true. I mean, he... He had done that, but um, they also claimed. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like fake news is news that you don't want people to know about. Oh, okay. But you have done. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I see. Um, in that case, yes, because they claimed he had an affair with a married woman and then married her, which is also he. He had. Yeah. Yeah. They they claim this though. They claimed that he'd murdered someone in a duel, uh, which he had. Yeah. Uh, they claimed he'd set up illegal courts. Hmm. Which uh, he, he had... Uh, they, they even claimed he had illegally invaded a country. <laughs> well. Yeah. yeah. Still, Polk was working very hard to spin this into a positive light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did all
0: that, but... Look at his little face. He's not. He's so happy and so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> smile, sir. Smile. <laughs> He's not elitist? Hey, that'll do.
1: <laughs> He's one of you. <laughs> yes, Yeah. Jackson took note of the younger man's work on his behalf, sent him a personal letter thanking him for the aid. Which is nice. Cheers. I will not beat you. (laughs) Yes. Lots of love, Jackson. Jackson as we know won this election and Polk overnight turned from blocking the government at every single step to supporting it. Hmm. He served as Jackson's voice in the house pretty much uh, working very hard against Nicholas Biddle. Oh yeah. Yeah, the, w- the, guy. the wizard uh, and banker. Yeah, uh, Jackson declared war on the banks as we've seen and Polk was Jackson's man in the House. Mm. Also, a member on the Ways and Means Committee. As a member of this committee, Polk was able to use every opportunity to denounce the national banks and voted against the committee's findings to to support the bank's continuation. Mm. But as we have seen, Jackson then vetoed that vote, destroying the banks. Then another round of elections, and it was possible for Polk to become the chair of the Ways and Means Committee, and soon enough... The committee was finding that the state banks were actually the way forward. Now yeah, they've had another look. Yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely the way to go. That Polk was doing well enough that in 1834 he ran to become the Speaker of the House. Oh, yeah.
0: So, like the, a bit like our Speaker in the Parliament. Um,
1: no, not quite so much. Uh, okay. Our Speaker is meant to be non-partisan. Yeah. Well, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I don't know if technically they are in America. They're just so obviously. Very partisan. Yeah. I don't know if there's meant to be a, a pretense or not. So
0: it was. Uh, it's currently always named Paul Ryan.
1: Yeah, it? he's stepping down though. Yeah, um, yeah. Soon going to be Pelosi. So yeah, it's going to change. Come the next change, but um, Pelosi Republican. No, no Democrat. Well, they won the house, didn't they? Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so he's he's going he's going to become the speaker. So I mean, pretty good if he manages to get this. Mm. However. Despite having Jackson's full support, he is Jackson's man through and through by Mm. this point. Um, Calhoun, however, as we know, had fallen out of Jackson by this point. And also, Van Buren was starting to think of his own potential presidency. So due to this, Polk lost after ten rounds of voting to a man named Bell. Jackson heard news that his man had not got the seat and was furious. This was not the way the vote was supposed to go. So we immediately started pulling in favours to make sure that the next election would go
0: Polk's way. <laughs> and sure enough, because uh, it's a democracy after all, that's yeah. exactly what happened. It's what he believes in. <laughs> yes. It's about the people, isn't it, Polk? It's about the people.
1: Well, Polk defeated Bell and became Speaker of the House. He was now at what many would consider the height of his political career. Yeah, You don't get much higher than Speaker of the House. No. Anyway, James and Sarah moved out of the boarding house they'd had enough of the occasional screams yeah yeah. just all the dead rabbits left outside the house it just wasn't pleasant nailed to the walls <laughs> one of them was still alive occasionally they'd open their cupboard in the morning and Calhoun was just stood there staring <laughs> big eyes <Yeah>. big hair. <laughs> saying nothing they just had to slowly close the cupboard door again <laughs> wear something else that day yeah <laughs> Yeah, they move out of there into their own residence. And then James turns his attention to leading the most divided house in the country's history. Because the era of good feelings was well and truly over. Yeah, Well, the the weekend. Should we call it a weekend of good feeling? Yeah. (laughs) The the afternoon. The siesta of good feelings. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's definitely gone by this time. The house now comprised of 108 Democrats, mostly loyal to Jackson slash Van Buren, uh, and 107 Whigs. No. Oh, okay. Knife Edge. Yeah. And also 24 members who are elected on local issues. Hmm. So, a man representing people who think rabbits deserve rights. No. Oh,
0: idiot. Yeah, idiot. they'd seen what Calhoun's doing. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah.
1: Anyway, despite only a few years previously finding the partisan nature of Congress appalling. Polk became the first speaker to very openly support the president's agenda. Mm -hmm. He he wasn't going to pretend to be neutral. Van Buren had just won the election, so he was due to become president, and Polk made little pretense of stacking committees with Democrats. So he supported Van Buren, I was right. Admirer. We'll see. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now, one of the big issues Polk had to deal with, of course, is... Slavery! Yay. Yay! Debates and petitions from anti-slavery groups had dominated proceedings for quite some time, much to the disgust of pro-slavery members. All this talk of human rights. is getting in the way of business. So, a man named James Hammond from South Carolina proposed a new rule. If anyone mentioned slavery the issue is immediately tabled and no one's allowed to talk about it anymore. Because I said so, la 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 la, was was how he put it. Okay. (laughs) Yes. This soon became known as the gag rule. Polk referred this issue to a special committee that was set up, which was led by Henry Pinckney of South Carolina. It was obviously stacked with Democrats. Yeah. Who supported slavery. Mm. It reported back that, and I quote here, all petitions, memorials, or resolutions regarding slavery should automatically be tabled and no further action be taken upon them. Many were horrified. None more than John Quincy Adams, who shouted out during the vote, I hold the resolution to be a direct violation of the Constitution of the United States. But no one listened to him. No. John Quincy Adams fought against the gag law and failed to have it repealed in four consecutive attempts until eventually he managed to get it lifted in 1844. But as we saw in John Quincy Adams' episodes, he was fighting against this for a while. Mm. And uh, yeah, we heard about the gag rule a while ago. We now know when it comes in. Under Polk. Uh Uh-oh. Well done, Polk. (laughs) Good. Good on you. Yeah. Now, even apart from the gag rule annoying lots of people, uh, the atmosphere in the house was very fraught. Hmm. Enemies of Polk were starting to look for a way to cause his downfall. One attempt involved him being provoked into doing something stupid. What do you do? Well, opponents realised that Polk was Jackson's man through and through. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I mean, surely, if you're Jackson's man, you're, you're going to be susceptible for, to a duel or two, aren't you? Ah. Yeah. I mean, come on, if you like... Jackson, you like dueling? Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. All we need to do is uh, get him into a duel with uh, Henry Wise over here. Henry Wise, just elected from Virginia. Crack shot, apparently. That was his middle name. Yeah. Henry Crack shot Wise. <laughs> yes. Got to be a joke in there about making some kind of wisecrack. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the mission is to antagonize the speaker, get him into a duel, and then shoot him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Or at least the whole thing will become so embarrassing that he'd have to resign. Politics was slightly different back then. (laughs) Yeah, you can't do that now. You could try. Reece awkward. (laughs) I He totally would. he could pick his sword. (laughs) He's still got pistols. Um, Anyway, wise would often be heard referring to Polk in disparaging
0: terms. Polk okay, you just do that all through Polki speeches. That, that would lead a man to a joke. <laughs> it's <would, yeah.
1: laughs> never getting quieter or louder. No. Never faster or slower.
0: okay maybe it's elongating it slightly. He's okay. Cut to a meeting, his dinner. He's, his wife is just outside the window. <clears throat>
1: okay. okay Cut to him trying to sleep. I just stood literally right next to the bed. Poke.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That'd be a bit annoying. It would be. He also said, in between polgies, there sat the speaker like a cancer on the body politic. Ooh. Pol- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he openly accused Polk of rigging the committees because Polk was. Rigging With the, the committee, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, one day, as Polk was leaving the chambers, Wise stood up, got right in Polk's face, and declared Polk to be, and I quote here, Damned arbitrary.
0: Oh!
1: And a petty tyrant. Oh my... God. Oh, that's a sick put-down. Polk, however, although an admirer of Jackson, mm. as we've seen, did not share his temper... And was unmoved by the insult, and simply walked pastwise, probably probably smiling slightly, mm. probably harmonizing on the pole key,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> whistling
0: to himself,'d <laughs> be a great song goes back to his hamain you know, at home,
1: yeah. Smashes out a number
0: one hit. Oh, he he's owned that insult. I called it the Wiseman. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Well, Wise was furious that his insults were not landing and shouted after him. I love this. I mean it personal. Damn you! Pocket it. So <laughs> like, you're not getting insulted, but I I actually mean to insult you here. Yeah, really
0: personally. Come on.
1: <laughs> then he dropped the sea bomb. Oh. Well, the the plan to disgrace the Speaker <laughs> fails miserably, basically. Yeah. Polk's just not having any of it. He's yeah. above the fray. Good man. Yeah. However, what the opposition couldn't do, the economy did. After the panic of 1837, the popularity of the Democrats starts to fail. And with it, as did the Speakers. Polk, in his early 40s, was still relatively young. Certainly young enough to be thinking of his next career move. But where to go after the Speaker of the House? Hmm. He started to think about the very top job. Ooh. He's young enough to do this. Yeah. However, despite being in Washington, he was in the wrong branch of government. Being Speaker is not an obvious path to the presidency. In fact, Polk is the only person in history to go from Speaker to become president. Okay. Not just up until this point, yeah. but in all of American history. Oh, wow. yeah. So it's just not of an obvious route. Okay. You, you get into the Cabinet, you become Secretary of State or you become Vice President. Yeah, That's the journey you're supposed to make. Okay. What he needed to do was go home to Tennessee first, become the Governor, and from the Governor position, work on getting the Cabinet job or even the Vice Presidency. Also, the fact that Tennessee, for the first time ever, had a non-Democratic Governor led him to believe that this was his best option. Go home, restore the Democrats in Tem- Tennessee, yeah. become a champion for the party... And then use that as his platform. Yeah. Easy. Oh. Only it wasn't. Because yeah. the Whigs were actually doing quite well in Tennessee. Polk toured his home state extensively. To begin with, he was with his opponent. Mm. They toured together, they debated. Uh, this was a man named Cannon. Oh. Which is a good name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cannon i like Polk. Nice to meet you, sir. <laughs> I'd like to think his first name was Flash. Oh! Uh, but I don't think it was. Oh. Or Massive. <laughs> I think Massive is too in your face. <laughs> That's what he wants, though. <laughs> anyway, um, after a couple of debates, uh, Cannon declared he was too busy to continue. He was the governor, after all. Um, so he was going to go back. Yeah. Uh, Polk did quite well in the debates, apparently. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cannon decided this wasn't actually happening to him. Polk carried on with his tour. It was a very close call. 54,000 votes to 51,000 for Polk. Oh. Oh, yes. He wins. Jackson himself turned up for the inaugural address that Polk gave, much to everyone's celebration or at least the Democrat celebration. Mm. There's very little to say about Polk's time as governor. Uh, The state ticked along. uh, As we've seen before, in, in some states being the governor, it didn't actually give you much power. No. It was more of a stepping stone, very much like this one. And Polk was definitely more interested in his next step. He figured that Van Buren's Vice President Johnson was too unpopular to continue. Johnson was a war hero from the War of 1812. He had fought with Harrison, and some claimed that he had personally killed Tecumseh in that battle where Tecumseh died. Mm. Uh, Although this is impossible to say. However, despite all this, and I'm fairly sure we mentioned this before, Johnson was openly raising his children that he had had with his slave mistress and mm. treating them as if they were white. This was far too much scandal for most people in the South. It's very liberal. Yeah, um, so his chances of continuing seemed slim. Polk hoped that, as a southerner slave owner... He would balance out Van Buren very well. He would, in fact, be the better choice for the upcoming election. So he worked behind the scenes with supporters and friends to see that this was possible. But then the governorship election came up again, and this time he faced a man named Lean Jimmy Jones.
0: (laughs) What great names in this
1: episode? Yeah. Well, Lean Jimmy Jones was a a (laughs) 30-year-old who was... Really tall and gangly, apparently, uh, hence the name, who had a sharp wit, a sarcastic nature, a friendly demeanour. He was just fun to be around. It's it's Lean Jimmy,
0: look. Ah, Lean Jimmy Jones, I hear you're sarcastic. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Things like that. And everyone else would really laugh and... Yeah.
1: Everyone finds it hilarious him yeah. Polk. So, so he's just repeating what I say in a stupid voice.
0: He just really won't say anything right.
1: laughs. Everyone laughs. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's going on?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's mentioned that Polk by this point has had years of experience of debating. He was the Speaker of the House. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he's in he, the debating club as well. Yeah, uh, but this was all against, like, politicians. This was lean Jimmy Jones, who was just... A bit of fun, and uh, he really struggled I, to debate
0: against him. A bit, I guess, almost like a modern satirist. The equivalent of, uh, I guess, debate like a politician debating. Um, oh, what's his name? That American chat show host, Stephen Colbert. Yes. Yeah. You knew exactly what I meant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He might but almost
0: in character as Colbert as well.
1: Didn't he? Yeah, it might have been a bit like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it threw Polk a bit. Yeah. It wasn't what he was used to. No, despite the fact that Polk obviously was. Very well known in the state. Uh, Lean Jimmy's sheer force of personality counted for a lot. Polk lost. Ooh. Yeah. He was by now the de facto leader of the Democrats in Tennessee, but he now had no post. He sees his influence waning, and with it, his hopes to be selected as the vice president nominee. Polk was unable to do anything but refused to turn up to vote for new senators, along with the other Democratic state delegates. Which is just a fun move. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The Tennessee... Senators' seats were just left empty because Polk and the others refused to vote on anyone. So there wasn't enough people in the state senate to choose. That's a bit sad. Yeah, the Whig politicians were not happy at all. Uh, The public generally were not happy at all. This was quite clearly just subverting democracy. Shutting down the government? Yeah, it was government shutdown, essentially. Uh, It just led to deadlock, public frustration. Uh, So much so, in fact that he lost the next race for governor as well. So he was now a two-time loser.
0: He probably brought on himself a little bit.
1: Yeah. The momentum certainly seems to have gone out of his career here. And many around him started to think that it was all over. Mm. They said that to him with their hand on his shoulder, looking right into his eyes. It's all over, Paul. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but it's definitely all over. Now, whilst all this is happening, Van Buren's lost to Harrison... Harrison's died. Oh! Yeah, so Tyler's now the president. None of this did anything to help Polk's position, Mm. but just making you aware what's going on. Van Buren's got a bit more free time on his hands, though, and he decides to do a tour of the country, and this would indirectly lead to Polk becoming president. Mm. One stop on his journey was Jackson's house. (laughs) The two hadn't seen each other for a while, so... Van Buren headed towards the ex-president's home, and Polk was invited, which is nice. Mm. Apparently, according to Van Buren, this was a non-political trip. It's just a holiday, that's all. (laughs) Uh, Few were fooled by this, obviously. This is the Democrats getting together and trying to figure out what we're going to do now. The Whigs are in charge. We're not sure what they discussed, but it was probably politics. Polk threw a party just to show Van Buren how much support Polk had raised, and presumably Jackson put in a word for his protege. Uh, however, we don't know if the vice presidency was discussed at this time. Or or claimed afterwards that it wasn't. Though. That means it probably it was. It probably was, yeah. yeah. However, this meeting between Van Buren, Jackson and Polk uh, is not the one that has an effect on Polk in the future, because Van Buren also met with none other than political rival Henry Clay. Ooh. Unknown to Jackson and Polk, Van Buren did not agree on their ideas about Texas. Jackson and Polk were all in favour of this newly independent Texan Republic to be brought into the Union. But despite their shared party, Van Buren, ever the politician, was a little bit more cautious. As we have seen. You can kind of see why. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've covered this before. Bringing Texas into the, the country was dangerous politically. Yeah. Now, we don't know what Clay and Van Buren talked about, but historians deduce some kind of agreement was come to. Both men had clearly decided to run for the next presidency. Tyler was doing terribly. Whoever ran had a good chance of getting in. Yeah. Both were convinced they could beat Tyler. He had no party. Now, they both differed wildly in their political beliefs. They were both going to head two different political parties, but there was one thing they agreed on. Allowing Texas into the Union was a bad idea. It would lead to the slavery issue erupting, civil strife, even civil war. It would seem that they agreed that neither would push the issue during the election, or indeed as president. So a, a little bargain was struck upon. We just won't mention it. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, this will be bad for me, it will be bad for you. Bad for Whigs, bad for Democrats. Let's just keep quiet. Just put it into the map. Yeah. May the best man win in the election.
0: No point talking about it, that's fine.
1: Obviously Polk knew none of this. Yeah. Uh, But it will have an effect on him shortly, as we'll see. Anyway, he's busy arranging the electroneering for Van Buren on behalf of the Democrat Party. Mm. But more importantly, his bid to become vice president. He still dreams to become vice president. Yeah. So he met with a couple of his closest friends, including Congressman Cave Johnson. He's back. Oh, Cave! Cave's back. Yeah, and someone called Aaron Brown as well, who's apparently important. He's not called Cave Johnson, though. No, let's just strike him from the record. (laughs) Well, together they set out their plan the plan for Polk to become vice president. They soon realized that this was going to be tough. The Democratic Party was a minefield of men attempting to gain position. Hmm. Van Buren was currently the favorite to gain the presidential nomination at the convention coming up.
0: This is post his post presidency.
1: Yes, this is him trying to get yeah. back in. Yeah, I did say at the end of his episode, he does hmm. try and become president again, hmm. and this is it. And he is favorite in the party. Everyone thinks Van Buren's the man to beat Tyler. Yeah, but there was also a man named Crass who was close behind. Hmm. Cave, Cave Johnson, heard that Crass favoured Polk becoming his vice-president, but Cave also warned Polk that maybe this was a trap to get Polk supporters out in the open and away from potential alliance with Van Buren. Ooh, yes. There's lots of scheming going on in the background. Dirty scheming. Plus, it was looking more and more likely that it's definitely going to be Van Buren who wins at the convention. The yep. numbers are going his way. So despite what Crass was thinking, Polk's team had to hitch their wagon to the Van Buren wagon train to finish <laughs> that metaphor. Um, now, the trouble with this is that Van Buren didn't seem to be in any way interested in having Polk as his running mate, Mm. which is a shame. So they needed to get away to get into Van Buren's good books. But then news from the capital came. Shocking news. The president was on board the Princeton when its cannon had exploded. Many had died, including the Secretary of State and the Secretary of the Navy. Mm. Ten days after this shocking news, more shocking news came personally to Polk. Tyler wanted him to be the new Navy Secretary, a position in the Cabinet. But Tyler's Cabinet.
0: Yeah.
1: The man without a party. Hmm. Well, Aaron Brown and Cave Johnson, both believing their friend's attempt to become Vice President, was pretty much dead. Urged him to go for it. Look, this is the best you're going to get. Go for the Navy Secretary job.
0: Even though we don't have a Navy, really. (laughs) I mean, the one
1: boat we had, we blew up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but go on. You get to wear a fancy uniform. Yeah, get a funny hat. Yeah, it'd be nice. Polk, however, would have none of it. He wanted to be vice president. He was going to be vice president. Damn it. Yeah. It was then, just as things looked hopeless, that the unknown meeting between Clay and Van Buren from a couple of years before bore fruit, assuming that they had agreed on the following. We don't know for certain, but it mm-hmm. seems like they did, because both men on the same day published an article in different newspapers... Both of them wrote about how the annexation of Texas was a bad idea. Polk was devastated by the news because only five days previously he had published an article outlining how the idea was a fantastic one. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to cozy up to Van Bion, How can I do it? Let's talk about how great Texas is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Van Bjorn will like that. Yeah. Oh, oh he said what? Oh. <laughs> yeah, he now suddenly found himself opposing the only man who could give him a shot at becoming vice-president. The dream is over. Probably sat down, had a little cry. And had a sip of
0: rum. Yes. To get rid of the pain. Yeah. He's, used to that. he's
1: not been able to touch brandy again since that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brings flashbacks. <laughs> but then, all of a sudden, he gets an invite from Jackson. Come round to the house. The old man was furious that Van Buren was not willing to take in Texas. Jackson really wanted Texas in the Union. Mm. And Jackson was looking for any way for the annexation to go ahead. And what he said to Polk and to one of Polk's friends who was there at the time, it wasn't Cave Johnson. But let's say it was because right. we like Cave. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Jackson's saying to Polk and not Cave Johnson that the only way we can make sure that Texas gets into the Union is for Van Buren. To lose the election. The only way for Van Buren to lose the election is if someone else in the Democratic Party takes the nomination. <gasps> and who better
0: than Polk? Who me? Would <laughs> I, I just I, I just want to do nothing. I want to be de- <laughs> de- vice president, I'm not yeah. I don't want an actual job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to get paid and have a fancy office none of this decision making
1: rubbish. Well, Polk was certainly taken aback. He wrote to Cave Johnson. Oh, no. Oh, he wrote to Cave Johnson. Cave Johnson, we just said, was there. Maybe he wrote to him anyway. No. Maybe he's got two friends called Cave Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. It's a popular <laughs> name. It is. Well, he wrote to Cave Johnson, stating that he'd never aspired to such a high office, or at least not so soon, mm. and doubting very much if this was possible at all. But despite that, they get together, and they plot out their plan. Just in case. Yeah. This, this is the good stuff. There's stuff in history I like. I mean, you can give me battles and I will skim over the detail. Just tell me who yeah. won. But give me a, a national convention. And I'm like, <laughs> well, give me the details. Who's plotting <laughs> with who here? So here we go. The Democratic Convention of 1844 in Baltimore. Delegates from all different states were going to descend upon the city and vote for who was going to be the presidential nominee. The first to get so many bo- votes wins, basically. Yeah. yeah. Van Buren, obviously, as I said, clear favourite to win. Crass, also doing very well in the public opinion at this point. Polk's name was literally nowhere, not even for vice president, despite the fact he'd been campaigning for that for quite some time. That must be a little soda strong. Yeah, and yet, Polk and his little band of supporters, aimed not just to get the vice presidency, but the top job itself. Now, Polk's not going, as it's traditional. You you sent your men in. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the first step of Polk Cave and Aaron Brown's plan was to focus on the delegates who were coming in from their home states. Yeah. Polk knew Washington well enough to realise that anyone coming from Washington will have already formed their cliques that would not be moved. Yep. What we need to do is pick off the stragglers, the strangers, who don't really know the political scene very well. So, they decided to invite one person from every single state to a pre-convention meeting. (laughs) They had a little party and they discussed the state of the party. Union is important. Unity Hmm. within the party is very important. They discussed possible futures. Certainly didn't mention Polk's name. No. But just got to know at least one person from every single state. Yeah. Make a friend. Exactly. Then it was off to the convention itself. The crass delegates made the first move. I mean, they had some ground to catch up on Buren, A man named Romulus
0: oh, oh yeah Romulus he's Saunders high-fiving himself
1: the, all day yeah his mother whilst giving birth high-fiving the father yeah just high-fiving <laughs> himself as well it's just oh. high-fives all around pretty much he's like the Todd from Scrubs <laughs> yes <laughs> Romulus Saunders stood up at the front, just shouted out, I am Romulus, and I am high-fived. But then proposed a crass delegate, as in supporter of crass, not just a crass delegate. (laughs) What the? (laughs) Yeah. Well, who is that? Exactly. (laughs) Well, Romulus proposed that that man become chair of the meeting. (laughs) It's your time to speak, you dick. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this worked. Which it really shouldn't have done because Romulus stood up before everyone was in the convention. It, it was while people were filing into the meeting. Okay. Romulus had jumped to the front and said, I think this man should be chair, um, who was friendly to the crass delegations. A bunch of people shouted, I, and it went through. <laughs> That's quite clever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um... Democracy. Battle number one to the crass team. Mm. Then Romulus attempted to get it agreed that the nominee must win by two-thirds. Ooh. Van was ahead enough that it looked like he would win if it was a simple majority.
0: Yeah.
1: But if they can get the two-thirds majority rule put in before the vote takes place, Van won't be able to win outright. Mm. Now, again, Romulus is saying this whilst people are filing in. So it's all a bit dodgy. This is when Cave makes his first move. He stands up and declares that this simply was not on. Not everyone's in the room. We can't have this. This is undemocratic. Hmm. Cave knew that the motion would surely carry. Uh, There were enough people for this to go through, even if everyone is in the room. But what this meant is that the Van Buren crowd now would look very friendly at the Polk team. It's just getting them in with the Van Buren crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Sure enough, once everyone was in, the motion was passed. Uh, The winner now needed two-thirds of the vote. 177 votes, in fact. And that's it. That that took the first day. (laughs) Nice. The bulk team then met in a room somewhere full of smoke, I imagine. Yeah. It was decided on their plan of action. They should not play their hand too soon. Allow the convention to become tense. Acrimonious. Really let people start to get frustrated. Yeah. Then, Polk could sweep in as a compromise vote. For this to work, what they needed to do was get both sides to think very favourably of them. Now, they've already gone in with the Van Burens. Now they need to cosy up with the Crasses. So, the next day, the first ballot was cast. Van Buren 146. Crass, 83. Ooh. Five others get a handful of votes. Six went to Calhoun. Oh, wow. Yeah, I imagine that is Calhoun stood there next to six very scared-looking people. Slightly (laughs) glazed eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Polk's name not mentioned at all. No votes, no one's even suggesting him. Now, obviously, despite Van Buren clearly winning the first round, that is not two-thirds. No. No, he's he's a few off here. So, everything adjourns for a while talks are happening until the next round of voting can take place. The Polk team were very busy tracking down those men that they'd invited to the pre-meeting. Ooh. Yeah. Just <laughs> sending out some feelers.
0: Hmm.
1: What, what are things like in uh, hmm. in Massachusetts? Ooh, not going how, well. Ooh. How are things going in South Carolina? So they've hmm. got a got a bit of an in here. One hmm. of Polk's team worked on Van Buren's whilst another worked on the Crass team. If your man crashes out, we don't want that to happen, but uh, how about Polk, perhaps, because you don't want Van Buren or Crass to win, yeah. do you? How about Polk instead? So just, just sending out those feelers. Meanwhile, Cave himself approached a man named Silas Wright, a, de- a delegate <laughs> from New York. If Van Surprisingly Buren, left wing. <laughs> well, if Van Buren fails, uh, the Tennessee delegation, all of, a, all of us will support you, Silas, in your nomination. Right. Now... Cave knew that Silas would not want to run. He was far too too loyal to Van Buren. Yeah. But suddenly a very powerful New York delegate was looking very favourably at the Tennesseans. He's splitting the vote. Just cozying up to people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Throwing their support behind people they know aren't going to run. Just so it looks good. So I'm not going to run, but thank you. Thank you, Tennessee. <laughs> you guys are all right. away. <laughs> Anyway, this continued for the second day. Backroom talks, discussions over Brandy. The Polk team were not working alone, however. There was another team trying an identical move to them. A man named Buchanan. You might want to remember his name. Buchanan. Yes. I'll put a box around his yeah, name. Why not? Go for it. Yeah, so these two teams are both trying to do the same thing. Trying to cosy in with the Vamburans and the Crasses, but at the same time work against each other. without anyone really finding out exactly what it is they're doing. So, a lot of manoeuvring going on. Anyway, second round begins. Van Buren's vote had dropped to 127. He's losing votes. Crass was now in the lead, 131. Hmm. This continued for a while. The seventh roll call, things looked quite similar between them, but both were starting to lose votes. Both were hovering around the 100 mark. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It became very clear that this stalemate needed to be overcome. Neither man could win. (laughs) Still, no one names Polk. Officially. There's no option to vote for Polk. No. But it seems like everyone's talking about him. Anyway, the second day ends. The Polk team meet once more. It's time to roll the die. Tomorrow, they would place forward Polk as a compromise vote and hope that their day's work proves successful. In the morning, the eighth roll call result was announced Van Buren 104, Crass 114. Hmm. Polk, new in the race, 44. Not bad. Hmm. By this time, the Van Buren supporters and the Crass supporters were at each other's throats, <laughs> both seeing this slip away from them, both blaming the other side. Polk's team stood in the middle, calm as a sea. Which was noticed by quite a few people. They're quite level-headed, aren't they? Yeah. They've got a man named Cave in their delegation. That's that's pretty good. The main delegates, the New York delegates and the Virginian delegates, all together go off and have a little meeting. Probably a huddle. That's probably how they did it back then.
0: They <laughs> went, <laughs> One goes, What are you even saying? <laughs>
1: Then they all put their hands in the middle. Yeah.
0: Go New York! Woo!
1: <laughs> and then they came back into the meeting. Each state came back to say, unofficially chatting, but they were going to vote for Polk next Ooh. time. The dam had burst. Van Buren, realising he can't win this anymore, drops out. His really? votes pretty much all go to Polk, who in the final round got 233 votes. Crass got 29 Wow. Polk from nowhere, from hoping to become vice president, becomes the presidential nominee. Wow. A true dark horse. Now, the Democrats were cautiously optimistic with their surprise choice. Okay, mm, this could work. Mm, yeah. Surprising, but we'll carry on. Yeah. The Whigs were over the moon. <laughs> this is brilliant, they thought. There's no way he'll win. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they had nominated Clay immediately, yeah. Clay was their man. It's time he became president. How often has he nearly been president by now? This is like the 20th time. There's only been seven presidents. (laughs) It's obvious he should be the next president. He's a household name, after all. Born to be president. Somehow never been. It's his turn. And who's running against him?
0: Polk. (laughs) Who's Polk? It sounds weird when you say it. Polk. It's It's like a condition. It's like you can get on your skin. Polk. Polk, Polk Polk is Polk. Polk. Yeah. <laughs> Polky Polk. And this literally became the campaign slogan
1: for the wicks as the election hotted up: "Who is James Polk?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was just, "Who is this guy?" And he thinks he can beat Henry Clay. I could tell that on your side, though, this is James Polk. This is what I believe. Well, the, the Democrats did indeed decide to say who James Polk was. Nice. And they decided to use a nickname. The nicknames have been working well recently. Polky. Not Polky, no. They come up with a brilliant nickname. Young Hickory. You mentioned that last week. Yes. Like Jackson is old Hickory. Exactly. This is the new Jackson. You love Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now we've got a new Jackson. Only he's, he's not killing people. Yeah, Jackson 2.0. <laughs> yeah. New, improved and calmer. Yeah. <laughs> no guns. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And he's running against Clay. Corrupt Bargain Clay. Enemy of Jackson. This Mm. is brilliant. Yeah, the young Hickory nickname catches on quite well. Nice. But despite the nickname, if people were expecting a rerun of the excitement of the last election, they were to be disappointed. Remember, Mm. the last election was fun. Mm. Big balls rolling all over the place and singing songs and all sorts. Free whiskey being handed out. Yeah. Uh, but last time it was a war hero against a man who was widely hated. So lots of reasons to get passionate. This time, it's, it's Henry Clay again. And, <laughs> sorry, Pol- Polk, was it? Polk, right, okay. And also, Polk had bigger worries than uh, campaigning. Because he was now the leader of a party that had quite a few large names in it. Hmm. And uh, they now had a choice. Did the likes of Van Buren, Crass, Calhoun, etc. openly throw their support behind Polk? Or, keep it lukewarm, wait for him to lose, and then challenge Clay in four years' time? Mm. Oh, yeah, it's
0: a bit of a... it's a pickle.
1: Yeah. Well, Polk's team were once again thinking ahead of the curve. Polk announced, to many people's surprise, that he only seeked one term. Ooh. Yeah. he was, That's going to help. <laughs> he would step down after four years. All of a sudden, there's literally no reason to oppose him if you're, dev- if you're a Democrat. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, well, he can do one term, and then I'll get in. Polk was also very open about who would get what job in the new administration. I mean, Calhoun, remember, was uh, the current Secretary of State, and he wanted to stay. And... Were there jobs for Crass and Van Buren? Surely there would be, after all. I'm so very young to be president. I'd be the youngest president ever. I'd certainly need some wise men around me. Nice. Yeah. So, Polk soon had support of his own party. He managed to get them behind him. The Wicks attempted to dredge Polk's character through the muck. Hmm. They'd used this before. It's a tactic they'd use again. But there's a problem. I mean, there's nothing to Polk. That's true. He hasn't really said what he is or what he does. Yeah. Uh, Sam Houston said of Polk at one point that the man could only be accused of being addicted to water.
0: <laughs> That's a brilliant insult. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. They attempted to use Polk's grandfather's capitulation with the British during the war. Though my farm burnt down. Well, yeah, it went nowhere. The Polk team were able to find plenty of evidence that Ezekiel was very loyal. Yeah, uh, I mean, he became a sheriff and everything. Mm. Yeah, equally, of course, the Democrats tried to attack Clay because they'd done that and they'd do it again. Mm. Uh, but uh, it did very little. I mean, Clay was so well known. There's just nothing new. No, everyone knew everything they needed to know about Clay, and they either supported him or didn't. So that didn't really go anywhere. So, after a slightly disappointing election, the result week came along. This is four days where the states would report their votes. Polk was at home, awaiting the news. The popular vote was insanely close. Out of two and a half million votes, there were only 38,000 votes in between the two. Really close.
0: That is really close. However, it's a stadium. Yeah.
1: <laughs> However, when New York's 36 electoral college votes came in for Polk, he knew he had won. Van Buren's Regency Party. You remember them, mm. Van Buren, when he yeah. was in the yeah. yeah, would set up the Regency Party. Yeah, was... yeah. Um, that, that's still going, mm. and they've managed to swing the state for Polk. Wow. Yeah, so Van Buren's still working his magic in the background there. Yeah, and with New York, Polk won the election. 170 Electoral College votes to Clay's 105. Poor Clay loses yet again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Polk was to be the 11th President of the United States. Mm. There you go. I managed to get up to his presidency again as episode one. Yeah, you do yeah, know. So I was with, quite happy. With, with the bad ones, you're doing quite well. <laughs> so there you go. That, that's Polk. That was Polk. I mean, there's not much to him, really, is there? Um, no. No. I mean, he got chopped up a bit. He, there's no clear indication of what he cares about so far. No, he's, he's very much a blank slate. I, um, I read one biography all the way through, and I read chapters of another. And there's a lot of talking about what other
0: people are doing that are near punk. Hmm. <laughs> not a good sign. Yeah. But it really highlights the politics that's now happening behind the scenes. Like. Yeah. Like, it started with Van Buren. Now it's really ramped up a peg is yes. not it really? Like, everything that goes on behind the scenes to get someone into power. Yeah. Or the manipulation. Democracy's dead. It's been dead for 300 yeah. years, isn't it really?
1: <laughs> it was never alive. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm going to say
1: this. He is widely considered one of the better presidents out of the little-known presidents. Okay. I'm guessing when he's president, he does more. I can only assume he's going to do better next episode because nothing's setting me alight here. No, and there's all all I've got to go on really at the moment is that he was quite happy with slavery. Ooh, yeah, it's like if that's all I've got, it's not great. Man, well, he's already in
0: minus figures already just from that.
1: Yeah, so yeah, but we're we'll see. we will see next time how he does. Yeah, again, moon landing. Is that? Is that? Am
0: I? that was jfk Uh, right still too early for yeah landing but
1: yeah okay well i think we're gonna end it there yeah i think so yeah yeah right merry christmas everyone and a happy new year and if you're not celebrating christmas merry it's winter merry Winterfest. yes (laughs) or if you're american happy holidays have a good holiday period is what i'm trying to say um Release schedule over the next couple of weeks. Not entirely sure what we're doing. Schedule. 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 I prefer schedule.
0: C H, Hush. Yeah, S-C-H. like shed. Think of another example that does that. C H harsh C H S C H S C H Hush. <laughs> school. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Shul. <laughs> going to shool. So I'm going to say schedule. Yes, the Fine. release schedule uh, over the next uh, few weeks. Not entirely sure about.
0: Uh, we'll probably end up missing at least one week, I'm sure. Uh, but I don't know. So I think it falls quite well for us because we've got one. At, we were doing one after Boxing Day on the 27th, recording an episode then. We'll go the next weekend.
1: We're not going to, I'm not going to be able to do the research. We're not going that. to be able to do that. No, I, no, I, I was thinking, it's like it's all very well planning in the recording session, but I need to do the research. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so like, I, I'm not going to get no
0: to that. That's no part of my consideration <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah, no,
1: fair enough. So, yeah, uh, we might be knocked off a week. Uh, I don't know.
0: Maybe I mean it's the new I'm year. I'll the next one. Yeah,
1: yeah. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to yes. us. Please okay. leave reviews as and when you feel
0: fit. And um, Oh, and if you get anything like American-y for Christmas... Post it to us. <laughs> As in post it online, not send us your, your item that you don't yeah. like. <laughs> that makes more sense. Yeah. I thought we were just doing a general call out for presents. <laughs> I have no family. Um, yeah, no, no. Show, show us some really cool american things you have. And yeah. we'll do the same. Knowing yes. mean, for well, we'll get nothing. <laughs> yes.
1: Right, okay. Thank you very much for listening then. And we will see you next
0: time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mr. Polk, well, uh, I can see from your chart your current condition. Please take a seat and we'll discuss the current options.
1: I'm scared.
0: What are you scared of? This is going to really hurt? It won't hurt at all. We're a, a very good clinic here. We've treated thousands of patients. And we have the best anaesthetic in the modern USA. Oh, pain relief. Yes, it's a 12-year VSOP brandy. Straight from France, Ooh. which is for me. Oh, and your stuff over there in the barrel with the see the one with the pipe coming out of it? We call that the chugging brandy. Oh, so let's just pop this pipe into this orifice. Oh, oh, sorry, uh, wrong one. Into your mouth. I, a new one would be that. Long. So, take take a few sips, sir, and let's see how anesthetic is working. <laughs> oh, that
1: That's strong stuff.
0: I will ask you some names to gauge your anesthesia. Uh, uh, OK. First one, what is your name? James Polk. You're clearly still very sober, sir. Right, next question. Uh, take five more gulps. OK. Uh, yeah. What colour is the sky? Um, at the moment, I, uh, blue. OK, so I'd say you're probably stage one. Okay. Uh, five more gulps, if you will, sir. Oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. What is the first letter of the alphabet? A. Not bad, not bad. A. 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 Okay, silent A. effect, that's quite good. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right, take five more gulps, sir. Okay. A. How many fingers am I holding up? This test will be repeated later on. One, three, three, four. four. Actually, it's three. One's a thumb, but I'll, I'll go with that. I say you're still too sober. Um, okay, take another five gulps there. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Would you like a kebab? Oh, I love, you, love a kebab. I love you. I love you. I just, Okay, okay. Where did you get the traffic cone from? I was, I was only turning around one minute. I mean... Are we dancing? Oh, I love this one. Should we dance to this one? Uh, there is no music. <laughs> Still too lively. <laughs> okay, take take five more guts. for really right. the, ranks, the uh, Do you think if hey. I... No, sir. If I gave you the keys to your carriage and your horse, would you still be able to drive I, home? I'm fine, I'm fine. I've only had a couple. I could
1: certainly drive home. I'm going all the way home. I hate you. Give me the keys. Give me no, the keys. No, no I can't keys. give you the keys, sir. Give me the, keys, the keys. I'll,
0: drive home. I'll drive home. I'll drive I'll drive right No, so your horse will be impounded, sir. I can't do that. Okay, just take five more gulps. Oh. There we go. How many fingers am I now holding up, sir? What What fingers? OK, that's a good... OK, one one more question. Right, right. OK. Out of all of the Beatles... Yeah. ..who is most musically gifted? Oh, that is easy! That is Ringo. Ringo. Oh, God, you're clearly perfect. Let me get the spatula and the spoon.
1: Sam, so already unhappy with this, uh, balked at this.
0: Bork. <laughs> <laughs> Bork. <laughs> God, it's the end of term, isn't it? Just sat there. Pok, 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 Oh, what is wrong with us? <laughs> <laughs> poky, polk,
1: polk. pok, 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 poky, pok, 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 poky, pok, pok, pok,